Are you tired of standing still? Do you feel like you are losing more ground than you're gaining in your health, your fitness, and just the general way you feel about your life? 75% of Americans think that their diet is healthy despite a growing obesity rate of 42.4%. Only 22.5% of Americans exercise. Now, all this adds up to a lot of health issues that could be absolutely avoided and are completely preventable. Today, my special guest is a performance therapist that has worked with celebrities, highest level athletes, medalist, gold medalist, and more. Guys, my name is Brent, and this is the Fallible Man Podcast, your home for all things man, husband, and father. Let's get into it. This is the Fallible Man Podcast, your home for everything man, husband, and father. Here is your host, the Fallible Man, Brent Dowling. Guys, welcome to the podcast today. I have Ari Gronich today, and he is joining us to help you take charge of your health and take some of the mystery out of all this because you can get lost in a sea of all there is about health and wellness. So Ari, welcome to the podcast today. Awesome. Thank you for having me, Brent. I appreciate it. Now, Ari, you're an author, a trainer, a sports therapist. I saw you have your own NASM certification. Yes, people can get that. That's incredible. I I'm a bit of a fitness enthusiasm enthusiast, so I I recognize NASM, and uh, they're an incredible group as far as their certification. So that's amazing. And you're a rehab specialist. You work with people rehabbing injuries, uh, to the elite level athletes, right? Right. Yeah. So I spent 27 years basically taking um, injured athletes. From injuries to gold medals, world championships, uh, working with A-list, you know, actors and actresses, helping them on set with whatever they role they needed to play. Basically, the idea was getting somebody from their beginning point, which typically was at some level of injury, to where they wanted to go, which at some level was competition and win. Right. So that's kind of what I specialized in for 27 years is helping with performance. All right. Now I could go on and on and on because I, I read through all of your accolades and uh, I'm a crappy podcast host. I don't do that because most people don't understand what any of those things are. So what I'd love for you to do is tell our audience today, who is Ari Gronish? What do they need to know about you today? Yeah. So today, so today I'm 27 years as a sports and injury therapist. Uh, functional medicine consultant. So 27 years in my field. I'm also a dad of a seven-year-old, a stepfather to two 20-year-olds. Um, I am a consultant. I'm a podcaster. I'm a friend. So yeah, I'm all kinds of things. <laughs> and you're also, as you said, a podcast host of the Create a New Tomorrow podcast. You want to tell us a little bit about what your podcast is about? Yeah. How do we create a new tomorrow today? How do we activate our vision for a better world? What are the steps that it's going to take to get there? What are the tips and tricks? What are the things that are stopping us and the barriers and breaks that are stopping us from doing the things that we know are in our own self-interest? That's what the show's about. And that is a lot of things. <laughs> let's face it, we're our own worst enemies most of the time. Now, the all-important question of the show is, what is your favorite ice cream? Because ice cream's really serious. 
Turtle mixed with Klondike. Turtle mixed with Klondike. Yeah, why not? I, I get like already dessert first. I get some really uh, interesting answers on that one. So I'm actually like I have a running list of all of my guests. I ask every single one of them the same question, and it's amazing the differences just in people, right? But you also yeah. get to find out some really cool things you didn't know. Like there's one called burnt fig and almond. It's made in Sydney by a gourmet chef that I'm not sure I ever want to eat, but it sounds interesting. That's cool. Yeah, there. I'm sure there's a, a ton of stuff. You know, ice cream is one of those things. You know, why choose one when you can try them all? Right. There are so many in the aisle. So the numbers of the numbers are appalling when it comes to general health. And now I I'm equal opportunity. Men and women both make bad choices. But why do you think that? we all struggle with living healthier lives. Um, well, okay. So you want to go down to the macro level or the micro level? Cause there's so many different ways I can, I can approach that subject from we're not taught it. Our, our, you know, world is not built for it anymore. It used to be, it's not anymore. We're built for cars. We're, we're built for taking transportation versus walking versus you know, actively riding a bicycle somewhere. Um, so our, our societies have shifted, even in the just the, the 40 years since I was a kid, where I could ride my bicycle everywhere and anywhere at age five, six, seven. All, all my parents said was come home before dark, right? Yep. And nowadays, like I wouldn't let my kid do that, my seven-year-old do that, because there's so many possibilities of possibility out there, right? So our world has shifted from a very doing active society to a very um, sedentary lifestyle. And therefore we need things like gyms to go to because we're not doing things in life naturally to get healthy. Um, So yeah, there's multifacets to all of this. I could go through why we're being poisoned and why our food and water is making us inflamed and sick and nervous and cancerous. And all those things we could go. <laughs> oh no, you know what? That that's all fair topic as far as I'm concerned. Um, I am yeah. not a you will not find that I am a fan of the modern healthcare system. Uh I I try and balance my life somewhat between healthier choices, which I don't always succeed at because I like ice cream. <laughs> um and you know, just some common sense plus I'll look into like natural remedies and stuff like that. Uh, because I, I just, I, I don't believe in the way the healthcare system is set up. All right. the pills, all the chemicals, all the drugs they want to push. I'm not sure that our systems were made for that. So no, they weren't. So, so let's just look at it this way. So all medicine, all drugs, all things all are poison, right? So either we're killing the bad stuff and leaving our good cells somehow or we're killing the bad stuff and killing our good cells somehow. Most likely that's the, it's the case because it's poison. That's what, that's what a drug is. Mm-hmm. That's what medicine is in general. It's designed to mm-hmm. kill things, not designed to build things up. And so food, nutrition, those are things that are designed to build things up. So if all you're doing is trying to kill stuff, right? 
unnaturally be, via a drug, via something that you're putting into your system that's you know a drug to kill you kill something, then you're not doing the natural thing, which is feeding your body the stuff that allows your body to do its own natural killing of stuff that's invading it, right? And so we we've we've kind of like taken the cart before the horse, you know, we're like we're 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 literally IV dripping water down the horse's throat versus taking them even to the river versus teaching the you know the horse how to how to swim so we've we've kind of done a bass backwards thing and decided that nobody is actually capable of doing anything themselves so we must do it for them well you know we're an instant gratification society right so that's why we have the what nonsense five minute abs and all that crap. That's why this stuff sells on TV. And you all, everybody, everybody is smart enough to know that's a stupid idea that doesn't actually work. But yet people jump how, I mean, it's a billion dollar industry for yeah. instant fixes, right? Melt that body fat off. Drink our nasty concoction three times a day at, you know, half your life savings and you will be skinny and beautiful. Right. right? Well, so, so we just look at the results, right? How's that working out for us? Look at the numbers. Look at the results. What did you say? 42 something percent yeah. OB currently, right? 22 point something percent of people work out. I mean, we look at the results. Is the society living in the way we imagined it to be? I mean, I could speak for me, but I was a kid and I was watching the Jetsons and we've already passed the age of the Jetsons. Mm -hmm. So it hasn't looked the way that we envisioned it to be, right? I look at the world, I go, okay, so why did we continue to build the 50s suburbs when we were building new construction versus building 2000s, 2020s, and beyond, right? Making our our products more eco-friendly, more modular, so we could shift them out and change them at will, you know, like Legos. I mean, these are things that allow us to move with technology faster versus be stuck in, in the past. So why is it that we're making decisions for our health that lead us down a path where we're not going to be able to do anything but be sedentary, making phone calls where we don't even have to pick up the phone anymore because it'll be embedded in our skulls. Mm -hmm. And we just order delivery and sit on our virtual reality. And, you know, eventually that kind of looks like the Matrix, doesn't it? I, I laugh about that all the time, man. It's, it's like, oh, look, you're now part of the simulation. I mean, when was the last time? I was, we were talking about the doctors I was trying to think when was the last time a doctor tried to give me anything to put in my mouth that was actually beneficial, right? It's antibiotics, like you said, and that kills indiscriminately. I, I will mm -hmm. not take those unless I'm dying, right? It's painkillers and that, and antidepressants, right? Those are, those are what people try and shove down your throat all the time. Yeah, that, uh, you know, I mean, the biggest anti-cholesterol medication, Lipitor, is the number one prescribed medication on the planet. Lipitor, uh, World Health Organization, I think it was in 2000 and, I don't know, it was a long time ago, had 0% correlation between uh, women and heart disease and cholesterol. Uh, you know, like, 
zero correlation, but Lipitor, cholesterol medication, number one thing. Yet we'll feed everybody sea, uh, salt, right? Iodized salt on t on every table in American restaurants is iodized salt. Oh yeah. Well, what? Cholesterol. I'll just give you a little a little uh, your audience a little heads up. Okay. Table salt is about thirty something percent glass silica. Okay, glass. Glass is sharp. When you eat glass, it cuts things like your arteries. Okay. And when your arteries get cut by this glass that you're eating, all of a sudden your cholesterol goes in there and it says, I'm going to repair this area because that's what cholesterol does. It repairs cuts inside your body. So it goes in there to repair the cuts. Now you keep eating that salt and you keep cutting those arteries, the cholesterol is going to build up in those areas. Okay. So here's the key. Stop eating this this table salt. Stop eating the table salt. You stop eating the glass that's cutting your arteries, that's causing your <laughs> cholesterol to want to come and fix the area there. On the other side, right? Type three diabetes, they're calling it, which is Alzheimer's and dementia. That's plaque in your brain, cholesterol in your brain, going over to repair inflammatory responses that are in your brain. So if your brain is inflamed because you're doing something or eating something that's breaking the blood-brain barrier, causing inflammation of your head, mm -hmm. losing focus, losing all those things, now all of a sudden, plaque comes there to protect your brain. Yes, you're going to lose some memory. So what do you do if you're having dementia? You stop eating the sugars. You stop eating the things that are breaking that blood-brain barrier, causing inflammation of your brain, and then you're going to stop the, the cry of dementia and the pull of it going on into the future. So those are two really big things that doctors do a lot of prescribing for. Diabetes eventually becomes dementia and Alzheimer's and cholesterol. Those things are, God, I wish I could go on. <laughs> Agnosium, right? So, so here, here, here's an important question for me because I'm a salt guy. I love salt. So, is it specifically like table salt, or is like the all the fancy pink sea salts and crap like that they come up with now? Is that any better or no? Yeah. So, so Himalayan salt mm -hmm. is that pink salt, the Himalayan salt? Yeah, I have that. Okay, so that is actual rock. It's not like glass in there. You know, they're not. It's just the rock. It's actual salt crystal. It's yeah, it's salt crystal. Okay. So um, I believe Celtic sea salt. Um, some of the sea salt even nowadays has been so over manufactured. Some of the Celtic sea salts are good. Um, there's like salary salts. There's uh, mm -hmm. coconut aminos, which are really good, and those have a salty kind of kick to them. So there's other alternatives and things that you can do in order to get your salt craving. But the iodized, you know, table salt, that's got mostly, you know, or 30 something percent silica. Oh, my goodness. I won't say the name of the little girl with the umbrella, but breaking my heart, man. I, yeah, I, I, I don't know if I learned it from my grandmother, man, she salted the crap out of everything, but she lived mm -hmm. with us up until I was in my 20s and she passed away. So 
I well, and just everything. think about it this way: as as you get older, your taste buds go, so you have to add more salt. So if you're eating a grandmother's dose of salt at a at a age where your taste buds are still developing, mm -hmm. then you got a lot of repair work to do in those taste buds, right? A lot of not eating of things like I can't drink a soda, even with like. If I fill that much of it with water mm -hmm. and that much of it with soda, I can't drink the soda. It's too sweet. Yeah. I can't do it, right? Because I, I, I don't. My taste for those sodas. Yeah, even juices nowadays, I have to cut it with like ninety percent water just I, because it's so ultra sweet. I will actually not generally feed my kids straight juice just because they dump so much sugar into that at this point. Um, yes. I, I work with a youth event that we call it's it's a church youth rally, right? It's a big church event. And we mm -hmm. have, you know, a couple hundred kids from the region and it's called apple cider press. Cause it started on an old orchard where some kids brought their friends home from college and they set up the old wooden cider presses and they press cider while his dad talked about God. Right. And that, and I mean, this is 40 years later, we're still doing this event with hundreds of kids, but we actually press fresh cider as part of the event. We have several orchardists who uh, bring in apples for us. And once you've had like actually fresh cider compared to apple oh, juice, you're just like, and it's still super sweet, but at least it's the, the fruit. Right. It's not like, oh, okay, here's put some fruit juice. Now we're going to add a couple things. Well, so on that sweet level, let me, let me just say, mm -hmm. 50 years ago, the sweet level, the sugar content of that apple, let's, let's imagine we have a green apple in front of us. Okay. That was the sugar content of most sugar, sugar, sugary apples 50 years ago, right? So you'd actually have to have about 10 apples to equal one apple's sugar now, 50 years ago. Oh yeah. Now Just, we have honey you'd crisp. Have to, and... You'd have to have, uh, I think it's, seven or eight oranges to equal one from the past. You have to have uh, in, in like nutritive quality in broccoli, for instance, you'd have to have five servings of broccoli to equal one from 50 years ago. So it's almost impossible to eat our way healthy these days. We have to supplement because our food just doesn't have the nutrients available to it. Mass. I actually live in a massive farming area. That's uh, You're lucky. that is the big, other than what has been here the last 15 years, this is a farming community. We actually export more potatoes out of my county than Idaho does. Uh, some of the best asparagus you'll ever have actually comes out of this valley. But All right, I want a pipeline shipment directly to Florida <laughs> from you. We'll, we'll, we'll trade you across, get some good stuff coming out of Florida. We actually even uh, have peaches here. Florida, it's locally grown and locally sprayed. Yeah, mass farming has uh, definitely messed with the quality of our food. And I mean, but that's so that is our problem we're running into, right? Is like you said, we almost can't eat our way out of it now. It's almost impossible with commercial farming to eat our way out of it. We have to go back to individual farming, community farming, uh, co-op farming, where like, you know, in areas that it's not a big farm town where they start a hydroponic farm that is a co-op for, you know, the, the neighborhood or whatever. I mean, there, there's all kinds of solutions mm -hmm. to 
this problem of lack of nutrients, but uh, we have to let the soil rest. We have to reflood the lands a little bit from high to low in order to get those lands that have been over agriculturalized to get back to a nutrient dense quality. Because right now we've taken off the topsoil of almost all pretty much farmland. And so the only thing we could do is really hydroponics, aquaponics, aeroponics, and start getting more modern methods of, uh, of agriculture going while doing that in a local way, not a, uh, a massive, big manufacturing way. Yeah, I, I, can, I can barely grow weeds, but I have learned a few things living out here in farmland. And uh, I, I'm always amazed what, like they, because they have to rotate crops on fields. Right. I, I knew, I didn't know anything about that. You know, I, I'm, I'm a meat kind of guy. I, I was, uh, my first job was on an actual functioning cattle ranch in Wyoming. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I, we grew hay for our cows, but that's about it. Right. <laughs> All I did was move water gates. My, mm-hmm. my boss did everything else, but coming out here, watching these farmers are like, Oh, we're growing this. And, and the next year I'm like, so how's that going? Oh, we don't grow that this year. We grow this this year. And so that that's been explained to me some, and I know that's supplementing. That's doing what they can right. using one product to yeah. try and re-enrich the soil a different way. Mm-hmm. Rotating but, the land, rotating the soil, rotating the ingredients. You know, the other thing is like we we got away from we started pesticiding everything in big ag, mm-hmm. and instead of what we used to do, farmers actually know this stuff. Like real farmers, they know this. There are plants that you could plant next to your crops mm-hmm. that will stop the bugs who would normally eat your crops from eating them. And so therefore you can kind of avoid like a massive amount of those <laughs> pesticides just by planting the plants that the other insects go away from, right? Near that. So th- there are so many ways to, to uh, fix the system if people are willing to. So my question to people with the Create a New Tomorrow podcast is, what are you willing to do? How are you willing to activate your vision for a better world? What questions are you asking yourself that's going to move you forward in your life versus keep you stuck? And uh, from what you and I were talking about earlier, you know, a lot of the listeners you said have weight issues, have health concerns, and it's really hard to be a human being on this planet, especially a father and a businessman and somebody who's a contributing member to the world when you feel like shit all the time. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's really difficult. There's, there's a overwhelming, you know, everybody always said that uh, the information age was going to be great. Right. And, and we were ignorant because there was a lack of resource knowledge, right? We didn't have knowledge of age available to us. I actually had, a sweet older lady from my church post on her Facebook feed that same question is like, you know, the claim that we're ignorant because of a lack of knowledge has, has lost all ground at this point. You know, there, there's never been a more advantageous time if you want to learn something new than there is right now. But now we've gone to the far swing on that, right? So you go online and try and figure out, well, you know, we were talking about diets, right? Keto diet, paleo diet, carnivore diet. Which diet do you choose? Because there's now a bazillion diets. Everybody's right. selling a new one. And so, you know, Joe Plummer down the street is is looking going, well, I should probably do something about the weight. And so the, where, do, where do we go? We go to Google, right? Right. So Dr. Google, Dr. Google sucks. 
Dr. Google sucks. So, yep. so here, here's a, in functional medicine, we have a saying, test, don't guess. Test, 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 don't guess. So we don't want to throw darts on a dartboard. And so uh, since everybody's different, let's, mm-hmm. we, and we have new technology, like let's use Western medicine for what it's good at, which is new technology. So we could test your DNA. We can actually find out your, through your blood what's going on in your, in your system, how much nutrients you have, how much you're needing, what, which ones, you know, how you like it best absorbed, you know, like we can find out all kinds of information. Now, the problem is that the people who have been finding out this information are only incentivized to treat the information that they see. They're not incentivized to turn the information into an optimal reading, right? To say, okay, what is the best outcome for this person? And how can we get there? And what's the plan that we're going to implement in order to get there? Right. So we don't, we don't have that piece. And that's the piece that's missing in life in general. It's stepping back from the world that's coming at us so fast, right? Putting up a, like a little guard for a second and saying, okay, I'm going to breathe. And like you're looking out on the world through a, an observing station and you're saying, okay, what, what's real? What's real? Okay. I'm this much overweight. I don't feel good. I have too much overwhelm. Blah, 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 blah. What's the facts? No emotional attachment to the facts. Just what's the facts? Where is it that I am? Next question. Where do I want to go? If I could have any, have it any which way I want it. If, if the world just would mold itself like clay to my wishes and desires, how would I, what, what would that look like? What would it feel like? as detailed, as like intricate, as much emotional feel to it as possible. How's the wind look? What's the weather like? Who's the person you're looking at? All the details, right? Next. What's in the way of these two things being in the same place? Where I am and where I want to be. What's What's in the way? Could be a whole bunch of actions that you need to take. Mm-hmm. Could be a whole bunch of fear and barriers and traumas and things that you have to break through. But it's very simple, right? There, there's no, there's not, not a lot of complexity toward to this, to this process. It's a very simple process. The only thing that makes this process the process that the 99.9% of people complain about the 1% or 0.1% of people, right? There's one difference. And that is that the 0.1% or the 1% of those people act, 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 reassess, keep acting, keep acting, keep acting. And the 99% keep planning, keep wishing, keep wanting, keep waiting, keep hoping, keep desiring.
Sadly and horribly true. Guys, hey, we're going to roll to our sponsor and be right back with Ari Granit. Today's episode brought to you by TheFallibleMan.com. That's right, it's us. Head over to www.TheFallibleMan.com and check out our blog, updated twice a week with new content, and links to all of our social media offerings. Tag or search us at TheFallibleMan or at FallibleMan on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and other social medias for daily content. While you're there, check out our Attitude Swag, shirts, cups, stickers, and more. Again, that's www.thefallibleman.com. Guys, and we're back with Ari Gronich. Ari is an expert in so many things in sports nutrition that he has actually got a who's who client list, but we're not going to talk about that. He's a performance therapist, and guys, we are getting really real about nutrition and many other things today. So if you missed the first part of the podcast, you need to go back and catch the rest of that. Ari, you brought up one of the things we have the ability to do that they haven't, well, that we don't do, right, is we have the ability to test, test yeah. and test and find out what our bodies actually need and what we need to fix in our bodies. Um, are you familiar with stand efforting? Mm-hmm. Right? So maybe bodybuilder, powerlifter, done pretty well in YouTube too, apparently. Um, one of the things I know he advocates for is doing regular blood tests to right. check. I know he advocates for like vitamin D levels and some other balances, right? Is that a intelligent choice for the average person? Is that something that we should all start thinking about? Yeah. So, so here's the thing. Um, once you figure out where you are and where you want to go, right, that's going to determine the path to get there, right? So if, let's say you want to be um, a American Ninja Warrior, you got a different path than somebody who, say, wants to be able to get out of their car at the back of the parking lot and walk the entire way through the store without having to get on a cart. Okay, very different path to those two destinations. And so the key with testing and questioning is that you want to get really, really clear on all the details of where somebody's at. Regardless of who they are and what they want to do, everybody has a starting point and an end point that they want. And once that end point is gotten, that's their new starting point. So you kind of got to know that too. If we get there, what then? Right. So you're constantly getting people incentivized and ticked into this, uh, this momentum versus this place of like, oh, where I'm at is not, uh, you know, it's, and then I'm not going to do because of my emotional tie to it. So I like to, to tell people like, it's not, it's not rote. It's, it's very, very individualized. You know, for you, I'm not going to tell you if you don't want to be running a marathon to go out and run 10 miles a day. Well, thank you for that. God bless okay. You. <laughs> That's not what I'm going to do. I'm not going to tell you if, you know, if you want to be a sprinter to go out and run 10 miles a day either. <laughs> right. Very different muscles have to be developed for those kinds of things. And so, 
you want to have the, the testing so that you know exactly where you're going and what you're doing so that you're not making mistakes, right? And by mistakes, I mean taking time that you could be taking getting progress done, right? right. So I, I have a belief system that we always want progress and that the slower we go, the faster we'll get there. It's the turtle and the hare. The slower we go, the faster we'll get there. So if we want results, and the results that we want is a strong foundation, and here's the results that I always want. If, I, if I'm going to be really honest, you know, I don't care about shape. I never have. Mm -hmm. I, I care about my body being my bitch. This is a, it's a very crass way of saying it. <laughs> but if I say jump, I want my body to say how high. I don't care anything else. I want it to function when I tell it to function. If somebody is chasing me like a big ass tiger, I want to be able to run and go up a tree immediately and not have to worry about if my body's going to be able to handle that or if I'm going to throw my back out. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I want my body to be my bitch. And by, by saying it that way, I go, okay, so what does that mean? I want to train it from the foundation up every single weakness that I could possibly find is the first place I go. The biggest, weakest weaknesses is the first place you go to strengthen. Those are usually in the joints, in the tendons, in the ligaments. That's the boring stuff. That's the stuff that takes so much just to get through one rep because you're doing it so low so as to train all the muscle fibers and all the stabilizers and all the things that have to move. And you're getting those joints stronger because you're going slow and you're, you know, oh, very slow back the other way too. So, you know, like tempo reps are evil, right? But this is, this is like, this is the evil. Okay. But the evil, let's say you took one year of just doing evil. Mm -hmm. And you started out with like at evil, you know, let's say 150 pounds, can barely do a pull-up. After one year, how many pull-ups do you think you got? If if you were consistent, if you had a plan, right? <laughs> I mean, that's just all I'm saying is like it you can drastically change the course of your life by barely doing anything every single day. You, you pointed out that the difference between a lot of people and their success is people who find successful stuff act, 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 act. And I think you, you made the, a good point with a lot of people don't know what to do next, right? What happens when you get to that first goal, right? I, I've run into a lot of people that you know, they're like, oh, I'm, I'm going to achieve this goal. And, and then they do. And then it's like deer in headlights. Mm -hmm. well, well, what's now? What's what's right. that? That's why I, I ask it here? midway. Yeah, that's why I asked that question midway through. So if we get this goal, because, you know, I'm I'm always planning on getting the goal. Yeah. Right. If we get this goal, then what? So like, for instance, I was uh, I had somebody who came in. Uh, he had a car accident. And for three years was going to a chiropractor, had massive sciatica pain, couldn't get rid of the sciatica pain. Finally, I convinced him to come see me. Two sessions. 
no more pain. Three sessions, never came back. So I said, now what? Well, I used to be, I didn't expect this. The guy like this tall, you know, in his 30s. He's like, well, I used to be an extreme rollerblader. I would jump off second stories and bridges and I shattered my ankle and I used to do all kinds of things like this. And I'd really like to train for American Ninja Warrior. Okay. <laughs> well, let's see. What do we need to do in order to make that happen? Is that possible? What's the time frame that that would be possible in? Is your time frame enough? So like if I had an Olympic athlete, we had six months to get him from injury to competition. There was no window of, of error there. Mm -hmm. It was, we either get it or he's losing out on millions and millions of dollars on recognition, on namesake, on all these kinds of things. Legacy, deals, everything. Yeah. We cannot get this wrong. There is no option for failure in my eyes. That's how I look at it. Like when I'm working with somebody, there is no option for failure. If there's no option for failure, then how do we make sure of that? What is the process to make sure of that? And so just think about it. If you went, if you went into your life like that, if you went into your life, your health, your nutrition, where we started this mm -hmm. and said, there is no option for failure. By the time I am this age, I will be in this shape. I will have my body doing these things. And then you reverse engineer all the steps that it's going to take in order to get there. And then you just do the plan. The only key is the commitment then at that point is doing the thing you say you're going to do. And for that, you have to own shit. You have to own it. You hear that, guys? We talk about it all the time on this channel. You have to know your why if you're going to get through and keep that commitment. And you have to take extreme ownership. It's on you. You are the only one driving this. You're the only one who cares about you getting it done. And you are the only one who can make sure you see this through. So and I'm gonna, not I'm just, just gonna, me. It, and I'm going to say this too. That means that you have to own asking for freaking help. Because you owning it yourself means that you're asking for help from your friends, from your family, from your system of support, you're not letting it be that you're doing this shit alone. You have to have the support of your other men, of your other family and friends in order to make it real. I, I just wanted to point out, see people who are smarter than me say these same things, guys. It's not just me blowing smoke. Uh, I, uh, you're based out of Florida. Is that what you said? Yeah. Man, that's a shame. I got some back problems. I'd love to spend some time with you on. <laughs> I used I, I used to live in uh, Portland. I was uh, I was homeless in Portland, Oregon, for a year when I was uh, eighteen. <laughs> not a bad place to be homeless in. Well, back then, maybe. Other than the rain, yeah. And you know, you find out when you sleep under a bridge, you have to sleep upside down because otherwise, the water goes in your sleeping bag. Guys, it's time for the question of the show. Do you follow some kind of fitness and nutrition plan specifically? Not at all. Or do you just kind of play it by ear like, yeah, I eat healthy. Tell us in the comments below, guys. I love to hear from you guys. I love to hear what you're saying. Ask us any questions that you've got, and I will be sure and pass them on to Ari. Guys, tell us, do you follow some kind of fitness nutrition plan? The science says, the facts say, only 22.5% of 
people actually do act, work out and uh, 40 plus percent of people think they're eating healthy, whether they are or not. Yeah, well, they've been, they've been duped. <laughs> well, you know, um, when it says all natural ingredients. Oh, that's scary. Natural sweetener. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. I, I, we have way too many chemical sweeteners for that. So let me ask you this. What? Okay. Offhand, just general guidelines. Okay. For Joe the plumber down the street who doesn't know Jack and right now is asking Dr. Google and the University of Google for information. What is the first three steps that we can just take own right now? Actionable items to start moving towards a healthier lifestyle for us. Right. So the very first thing is the most expensive thing you could ever do. Okay. Breathe really, really deep. Okay. And often and consciously and with intention. So when you're angry, what do you need to do? When you're stressed, what do you need to do? When you're excited, what do you need to do? You want to breathe in life, right? Exhilaration, inspiration. It's all about breath. So when we're breathing in life, we literally are taking in nutrients. Funny fact. 80% of all fat loss happens in your expiration. You're breathing out. Turns out fat is a long chain of hydrogen and oxygen. And when you breathe out, that's where 80% of fat loss comes from. Not your sweat, not your pee, not your poop. So 80% of fat loss. So if you're breathing, you're weighing less. If you're breathing, you're breathing in light. You're breathing in life. You're being inspired. So that's number one. Breathe more. Number two, also very expensive these days. Drink lots and lots and lots of pure water. So what is pure water? Pure water is not the water out of the tap anymore. And pure water is not the water in the plastic bottles anymore. So, and that includes plastic bottles that say distilled water because distilled water is devoid of everything, which means that as soon as it entered a plastic bottle, it leached plastic into the water. It's no longer distilled. So drink water. What is our body made of? 70 plus percent water. Water flushes, water cleans, water has oxygen, water drives nutrients, water lubricates. Water flushes inflammation away. Water helps with uh, electrical system, which is what our body is, nervous system. So if you want your body to be functioning at its peak, you must never be dehydrated. Most people walk around at some level of 50% or under dehydration, and they're not drinking water. They're drinking sodas and things that help dehydrate it. Coffee helps de dehydrate them further. So these are the, you know, like number one, number two, breathe a lot of water and drink a lot of air. Number three would be weight. 
wait more. You know, don't rush into a plan. Don't rush into a fad diet or a fad of some sort. Wait more. Be patient. Take some tests. Get some information. Make decisions slower that are going to be more effective in the long run. Because if you continue to make decisions out of haste, you're going to continue to do the same thing you've done every other time. We've all done this, which is go two steps forward, five steps back, two steps forward, five steps back, five steps forward, two steps back. And we just play this yo-yo game because we have no plan, because we are willy-nilly it instead of testing all the... So wait and plan. Create an ideal plan that you can do and that you have friends and family that are on board with to support you. Those are the three things for anybody. Cost a lot of money, don't they? They do. They're expensive. That that, that last one's going to throw a lot of people for a loop, right? I mean, that that is the antithesis of what we say about anything, right? Oh, start today. Start now. Start, start, go. Just start. Get started, right? That is the antithesis of everything we hear screamed at us. Mm -hmm. But the idea of slowing down and actually, you know, processing and observing and. You got to, you got to understand why you're there to begin with. What allowed you to get to that place, right? What allowed you to get to a place where like, for me, I have a brain tumor and my hormones are completely out of whack. And so I've been treated for this brain tumor since I was seven years old mistreated, misdiagnosed until I was 24 when they actually found the freaking brain tumor and then mistreated me and misdiagnosed and yada, yada. Right. So I got into this business for a reason. I had a very specific reason. And so, you know, a few years ago I was 342 pounds. I had just gotten in a car accident and I was like in a massive amount of pain. My family had just gone through whooping cough for like nine months. And I was like, I'm going to have surgery. I got to get better. I got to fix what's going on. Modern technology, modern testing, modern studies. They had just come out with a really detailed genetic test that could tell you all the things going on in you. I took that test. I started doing cleanses and started doing fasts and things like that. And mostly AIP diet, which is autoimmune protocol or anti-inflammatory diet, Mm -hmm. cuts out all the inflammation. It's like a beginning step for any nutrition protocol is you want to clean out anything that might cause inflammation. It's pretty close to keto, isn't it? We just clean out the inflammation. So I lost 140 freaking pounds. Being told by doctors my entire life that I would never lose weight and I would die from, from it because my body didn't produce the right hormones and chemicals and things in order to avoid putting on weight, right? So I have to avoid a lot of things. I have to take certain things in order to make my body work properly that I would have never found out had I not freaking gotten tested, right? I could have assumed that it was just from the tumor and not assumed that it was all these other things as well, that I couldn't methylate properly. Like I wasn't producing glutathione, which is your detoxification hormone, right? So I would never have known some of the things that I found out because I would, I would have guessed instead of test. And most doctors, unfortunately, that are not functional medicine or integrative doctors don't know how to test 
for all of the different things they're told by insurance companies that they can't test for all of the different things at once, right? Yeah. So it's not that much more money to get a more complete test, but that's a more appropriate thing. Then I had a supplement designed for me in Germany based on my genetics. So there was everything I needed, nothing I didn't need in it. So no fillers, no extra stuff. It was tailor made for me. And then as back to your question, three to six months later, mm -hmm. you get tested again. You find out, okay, where are we at now? Has what we've done worked? And then you go to the next one. You don't just keep taking the same thing for the rest of your life. Cause why? Cause once working. it said that, that, that was what to do once it said to do that. No, you got to retest. You got to reanalyze. You wouldn't do that for your business, run a campaign once and it doesn't, you know, no, work. And I think too many people actually would. They would, <laughs> but you wouldn't if you were a good business person, right? You're going to, you're going to tweak you. It may, it may have only been that one little word in the content that threw it off. Right. Mm -hmm. And if you change that one little word, it would have made millions. Same thing in your body. One little tweak. Like if you're eating tomatoes and your body goes, ah, with tomatoes, cause they're a nightshade. Mm -hmm. I mean, and you're Italian. I mean, Oh my God, what to do? Like, Life is over at that point. You decide, you make a decision. Either I'm going to eat this tomato, which I love, and then I'm going to do something else that will allow this tomato to digest properly. I'm going to take extra enzymes or extra things and nutrition to help it along, mm -hmm. or I'm just going to ignore it, or I'm going to not take it. So you have choices with knowledge, right? But when the knowledge becomes overwhelming, like Dr. Google, instead of underwhelming, like Dr. You, Dr. Me, right? I am the person that I'm studying instead of all of Google. Now the overwhelm becomes underwhelming and you could do it. When it's the overwhelm of Dr. Google, you're just going to freaking do 20,000 things and not get them any of them right. It's, it's amazing when you start experimenting with your body. Um, I've always done all, all my own training and unfortunately my nutrition, which is my weak point for sure. But, you know, I've tried different kinds of diets over the years and stuff like that, but it was the most amazing thing, right? The only vegetable I ever liked growing up was peas. I loved English peas, right? It's the only thing my mom could get me to swallow happily. I can't eat them. I, I did was on a diet where I just, I, it was basically a reduction diet start, went down to real basic things. And once you got into it, right, I was on it for a couple of weeks and I started adding one thing at a time back in, right? I added peas. I was looking forward to it. And oh my goodness, it wrecked me, man. I, yeah. I thought, no, there's no way. So I waited a couple more days and I tried it one more time. And it's like, I've eaten these my whole life. How exactly. How is that messing with my body that badly? I had no idea that I had a problem. And I don't know enough about it to know whether I, my body just can't digest it or if there's an allergy or what. But I know without any official testing because I took the time to eliminate some stuff. Right. You didn't, you didn't do the official numbers test, but you still did a, an experiment, experiential test mm -hmm. right, 
where you did an elimination, you isolated compounds, you did an elimination, and then you added back in and took note of data. Like you got changed with peas. It, it's an, it's an amazing thing, but you don't even think about your body is so wonderfully complex. You don't even think about the things that could be damaging exactly. your body or could be interfering with your optimal health. Right. That's why, you know, like broccoli sometimes is like deadly for people, but most people think the broccoli is good. The whole diet, right? Bodybuilders diet, chicken oh, and broccoli, yeah. chicken and broccoli, every meal, chicken and broccoli, chicken and broccoli, every single meal, chicken and broccoli, 10 times a day, chicken and broccoli. That was the old bodybuilder. Oh, wait, minus the 10 eggs in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then nasty. chicken and broccoli all day long. <laughs> right. And maybe put in rice if you were trying to bulk. Yeah, yeah. It's only in the, that's in the, only in the bulk right. season. That's if you're bulking instead of cutting. So, how would you know? This is why I, I love modern technology combined with ancient thinking. Mm -hmm. So, if you take modern technology, modern world, modern things, and marry them with ancient ways of thinking. Now you can optimize the results of things, right? Versus uh, what we've done, which is we've incentivized procedures versus incentivizing results. And so the more things you do, the more money you make. If you're a doctor and you do 10 procedures, you make more than if you fix somebody with one procedure. It's an incentive thing, right? So we have to have like an x-ray before we get an MRI even though an x-ray is going to tell us completely different information than an MRI will. Mm -hmm. And most of the time you don't need an x-ray for what an MRI will show you. Right. But we have to do it for insurance companies because we have to do one and then the other. We can't just do well, the one that we know is going to work. Right. That's an incentive issue in medicine. And that's the biggest incentive. That's the biggest issue in medicine in general is the incentives. If the incentive was, that you get bonus pay for everybody that you get off of diabetic medication because they're cured of diabetes. We'd have a cure so fast. Right? That's the incentive. Now, if you have incentive cancer patients not going through chemo, getting better through mm -hmm. other means, alternative means like juicing and, you know, greens and, you know, adding iodine and other things to the diet, right? that pays more than the surgery or than the chemo, that's when we have a change. But you gotta incentivize and pay for the things that you want to value. And right now what we incentivize and what we pay for are the things that are destroying us versus the things that are building us up. And that's what this show's about. More poison in the body. More poison in the body makes insurance companies very rich and pharmaceutical companies very rich. Healthy people don't pay bills. Yeah. And again, take away the negative or positive. Take away the, the whether that's a good or bad situation, whether it's evil or, mm -hmm. you know, or not. Like, take away all that, right? It's effective or ineffective. Is it effective or is it ineffective? If it's effective, do it more. If it's ineffective, do less of it and more of that. Right. And that's what I'm, that's what, that's the, that's the, uh, mindset of the ancients, right. Is we're going to do what's effective. 
We're going to help people heal. We're going to cure things. We're going to make things better that are off balance. They're going to get off balance. Now they need to get back on balance. It's just a matter of finding out where that balance point is, where that zero point is. And that's what medicine has failed to do. It was designed to do that and it failed at its design because of the incentives that were created around it. What do you say? Sorry. Go ahead. No, it's what do you say to people who say, well, it's too late, too far gone. I'm, you know, I'm too old or I'm too fat or right. What do you say Are to you those alive? people? Huh? Are you alive? Look, somebody asked me on another podcast once about like the, the, the falling off the wagon thing. Mm -hmm. There's no fucking wagon. You're alive. Until you're dead, you're on the wagon. Life is the wagon. Okay, you can't get off the wagon. So if you're going to be on the wagon, why don't you steer it? Why don't you learn how to direct the wagon? Why don't you make sure that you're taking as few bumpy roads as possible? You know, and eventually you take a nice bumpy road because of the adventure you want to be on. But that's that's a difference in thought, right? It's just a difference in thought. There is no wagon. So don't you're can you breathe? Okay, well, the first thing I told you to do, breathe. Can you drink water? If you can't stand the taste of water, put a lemon in it, but can you drink the water? Okay. You know? Can you slow down a little bit? That's the hard one for most people. Can you slow down a little bit? That's really hard. Right? These days, right? We live in such a fast-paced society. And hey, full confession, that's where I started drinking water. I, I hated water. I'd get the just like lemons and just throw it in my water, squeeze it and throw it in my water bottle over and over. That's the only way I would even touch it. Now yeah. I, I drink several water bottles. I have a yeah. So I had a bottle. patient, I had a patient, she was 600 pounds, drank Coke all day long. Ew. Never had a that. glass of water for years, years and years and years, not a glass of water. Couldn't drink water because she couldn't stand the taste flavor of water. Okay. We got her off of the Coke and drinking lemon water. 200 pounds like that in eight months, nine months. It's like, I mean, it was quick. Didn't do anything different. Nothing changed but replacing the water with the Coke. Republicans can coke with the water. That was the difference. Every cup, can of Coke, mm -hmm. that much is sugar. Ugh. So let's let's go to a diabetic point of view, right? Mm -hmm. I believe that the amount of blood sugar, eighty to a hundred, that's in the normal good blood range is approximately two tablespoons. So if you have two tablespoons with your coffee and then you have anything else, you've now screwed your day's sugar up for your blood, right? You've now caused a situation where 
you're going to have insulin resistance. You're going to get diabetes. You can have, uh, each other. you know, any kind of issues from that inflammation and other, you know, other things from that. So how easy is it in this society to eat too much sugar? I mean, if you're eating anything that's in the middle of a grocery store, anything that's in the middle of a grocery store packaged, you're over the sugar content in like one thing. So the question is, how do you, again, start what we talked about earlier in the show, the farming, right? But walking around the edges of the grocery store and eating actual, you know, whole foods, cooking your own meals, taking time out of your day to like a Sunday to make meals for the rest of the week, mm -hmm. or at least prep and plan them. These are ways that you can make sure you're sticking to them. Um, I always, I always say, if you're trying to change your life, you really want to get to your why. You, you said this before, but what is the purpose? Like, if I'm, if I'm healthy, then then what am I going to do with myself? Because I'll tell you something. I've had the experience of feeling healthy and the experience of not feeling healthy. And when I felt healthy right after I didn't feel healthy, I had a huge amount of time on my hands that I had no idea what to do with. And unfortunately, you could find yourself, if you have that situation, falling back into an old pattern of doing the same thing that you did when you felt like crap, thereby recreating the situation that will make you feel like crap again. So got to figure out what you want to do with your time when you're feeling good. I was interviewing an author and uh, one of the things he had talked about in his book was changing some of his bad habits that he, in his personal journey. And he said, you know, the secret to changing bad habits is you replace it with another habit that you have to do before you do that bad habit. And eventually you'll replace the bad habit with the one you're doing before it. And this one can go away. You filled the space. You're not leaving a gap, which can cause problems like you're saying. Right. But you've already forced yourself to start a new habit before you can do this bad habit. For him, it was he would meditate for 20 minutes before he could have his morning vodka. And okay. he, he eventually broke himself of alcoholism because he just got so into his meditation that he stopped feeling like he needed the drink afterwards to get his day started. I think it was vodka and Red Bull for breakfast every day or something. But oh, good. You know, Goodness. He, he wasn't advocating for it, you know, fixing people with alcoholism, but he's like, you know, I, I put a healthy, better habit and I had to do it before I could move to this one. Right. And eventually it just, I didn't need this one anymore. So uh, I'm going to go a different route. Okay. We all, we always hear, especially in men about egos being so horrible. The ego, the ego, the ego. Ah, if not for the ego. I feel a little differently about it. I think the ego is good. It's designed to motivate you to be better than you were before. And so if you use it that way, where your commitment lies here and your ego 
drives your commitment up. You could get to new heights if you let your ego get in the way. It drives your commitment down, right? And so when it comes to old habits or addictions and new habits and addictions, it's not just replacing the thing. Like it's not replacing the cigarette with a carrot. Okay. It's what is it that you want to do? Who do you want to be? If I want to be a guy who's climbing mountains, is smoking cigarettes at two packs a day associated with being able to climb massive mountains, right? And hiking and breathing deep. No. So I can't do that because I have this over here that is stronger than my, than my addiction. Does that make sense? Is that, it's a little different than just replacing one thing with another, right? Mm -hmm. It's saying, who do I want to be? And does that align with who I want to be? Does drinking vodka every single morning align with how I want my day to be? No. What would align with how I want my day to be? Meditation? Oh, good. I, I right? think it's a difference in macro thinking and micro thinking. Though. You're, you're looking at a very macro perspective, right? Who do I want to be? Do I want to be able to achieve this? Is that goal lofty enough? You really have to find that why to, for that goal, right? Or you're mm -hmm. not going to get there anyway. You're not going to have the ability to switch habits or anything like that. And I, and I think that's the difference. I think he was just going with a micro perspective on we'll do the swap. That's something that's, right. that's me taking an action to do something. Right. And, and yeah. you're right. It is at a more macro level. You have to look at it for sure and go bigger aspirations. Do I want to climb that mountain? Cause sucking down two packs a day, isn't going to do it. Cause I used to do that. Mm -hmm. uh, scarily enough, I was in the military and it was amazing what we could do sucking down two packs a day. When I was in the military, it was kind of horrifying. I could run six miles every morning with no problem. Right. But, and then I was grabbing a cigarette as soon as I finished. But um, yeah, I, I think it's a macro perspective versus micro perspective. You have to get granular and go, okay, what can I do? What's an action, right? That's one of the things I, I talked about with men is, you know, you have to build your plan, right? Measurable steps, achievable steps. So how do I beat this now? How do I change this now for a bigger perspective of who do I want to be? What do I want to achieve with my life? So I don't think they contradict each other. I think it's a. Not, they don't contradict each other. It's just, again, it, it's versus just replacing. When I've seen people replace, I've seen them go back. Mm -hmm. It's simple. I have seen them go back. When they do something that drives them forward, right? they don't go back typically to the old habit the first time something like triggers their butt, right? right. So that's where replace contradicts a little bit. Because to me, in my experience at least, it's mm -hmm. my personal truth, right? What I've seen is that the very first moment that something like... <clears throat> They go back to the old. No, and I, I would agree with that wholeheartedly. Uh, and so that's where I, I tried replacing cigarettes many, many times in, yeah. ineffectively. It wasn't until I actually had a why that was big enough to drive a change in my life 
that and then replacing helped dull the urge a little bit, mm-hmm. but it wasn't because it was the it, that was just helped dull the urge. It was right. because my eyes were on something bigger. So yeah, no, I agree. I, I do disagree. I don't believe in personal truth. I, I think there are universal truths. People can go suck an egg. I don't care. There are <laughs> universal truths to life. I don't care what reality you want to pretend you're in these days. I know that's very not PC culture, but. I, I'm not about PC. I'm about effective, right? Right. So is PC effective? I, you know, no. is any of this cancel culture effective? Is anything that either side of the parties are doing effective? No, it's completely ineffective. And in fact, beyond being completely ineffective, mm-hmm. it's worse than that because it's counterproductive. It sets us back. I think that's uh, some of those things where, you know, when I was a kid, I'm, I'm 41. I, I was told to suck it up a lot and just deal suck with it. Up, buttercup. That, that's how it's going to be. That's how I don't care if you like it. That's how it is. You know, I, I've heard people. I, I have a friend. I love him to death. God love him. He drinks diet Snapple. And I mean, I, I see the difference it makes to him when he actually mm-hmm. has to go out without for a couple of days the difference in his personality, the difference in his temperament. And, you know, I've heard, had so many people like, well, in, in my diet, I, I hate the, if it fits your macros crap in my diet, this is okay. No, it's not. That's still bad for you. I, I don't care if it fits your macros. Right. That's still horrible for your body. No matter if you get inside your macro range, you're, you know, I, I can fill your macros with jelly beans. It still doesn't make it healthy. Yeah, I had a conversation with somebody. Actually, I got banned from his page for this because he posted a thing that said like the calorie content and the macros for Nutella and the calorie content for avocado. Mm-hmm. And avocado, of course, is higher in fat and higher in calorie and whatever. And he, his his point was the Nutella was good sometimes. And I'm like, <laughs> um, in what planet is the Nutella good? Compared to the other, I said, I'm like, Hey, you know what? If you really like Nutella, you can make out of the avocado, some, you know, get some hazelnuts and get some rock mm-hmm. cacao and stuff. You could make your own Nutella. Oh yeah. Yeah. Little monk fruit. You got your own Nutella without it being horribly crappy ass for you. But I was like, I, I just, I couldn't get it. And then I went to a diet, a, a licensed dietitian, And she said to my ex, when she was pregnant, drinking her diet Coke, she said, I like to eat my calories, not drink them. I'm like, so the fact that you had zero calories means that that's going to affect your blood sugar 10 times worse than sugar. And how does that yeah. make any sense? Drinking to your the regular Coke. Right. How does that make any sense to your dietitian? I don't get it. I just don't get it. I don't understand right? Some of the lack of logic, the common sense, the things, right? So you're asking about common sense in this stuff. It's simple. Breathe deep. Eat less processed packaged food and more whole, you know, healthy food that has less chemicals in it. Simple. That all you want to do, maybe, you know, you stop breathing in the smog, but that's kind of hard. You know, you keep Drinking, you know, don't drink the the tap water. Don't drink the tap water. Filter your water, you know. I have to change our filter a lot. We have a lot of crap in our water out here. It's 
horrible. Yeah. I, I, I got a filter. Uh, I used to sell filters 28 years ago when I was 17, 18 years old. And I used to go to Denny's and places like that. And I'd sit there with my testing kit and I'd test the water at the restaurant and everybody would look at me like I was crazy. And I'd sell so many freaking filters <laughs> by doing that. But I'll tell sure you, they loved you at the restaurant. I know, but I have a filter that filters every orifice that leaks water in my house, mm -hmm. including my showers. Cause when I moved to Florida, I literally was allergic to the water. I would take a shower and I'd start sneezing. My eyes would start burning because they stick ammonia in here along with the fluoride and along with the chlorine and all that. Well, guess what that is? Chlorine brought to a steam base. You are in the military. What is that? <laughs> really, really toxic gas. Yeah, but it's, it, it's a very specific name. Mustard gas. Mm -hmm. Mustard gas. Chlorine brought to a steam base. High amounts of chlorine beach at a steam Mustard gas. What happens when you take a steamy hot shower and you're taking that and chlorine? You're literally gassing yourself at yep. low levels. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm not a huge fan. I love hot tubs, but I, I've been in some hot tubs. I walked over by them and just turned around and walked away. There is so much chlorine in that man. You're just sucking down poison, breathing that stuff. Yeah. I, I have sinus problems real bad, so you know, hot steamy showers have been a go-to for my whole life to try and breathe better. But yeah, I, I've walked around some hot tubs and just like, nope, nope, that's that's just toxic. I actually lived in the Florida Panhandle for a while, so I my my first couple of weeks of showers in Florida were interesting until mm -hmm. my body started adjusting to it. Unfortunately, because if you didn't adjust, like I don't adjust, mm -hmm. I, I just have to suffer. I, at least I recognize it, right? Most people adjust and then they forget that they're being slowly poisoned. Well, I, I was in the military at, at a specialized training, so my life sucked anyway. One more thing didn't seem to bother me that bad. <laughs> I understand that. Guys, if you are not learning something, you are not listening to this conversation. Uh, Ari, thank you for joining us on the podcast today. Thank you for taking the time to be with us. guys. It's never too late to start, and it's so simple to start. Remember what Ari said. Breathe, drink water, and slow down. Yeah. Be better tomorrow because of what you do today, and we'll see you next time. This has been the Fallible Man Podcast. Your home for everything man, husband, and father. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a show head over to www.thefallibleman.com for more content and get your own Fallible Man gear.